and welcome to episode four of the First Exchange podcast with me, your host, Lydia Daydal. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined today by the one and only professional boxing coach, Dave Coldwell. How you doing? Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm Thank you so much for being here. I know it's obviously Hopi's fight week, yeah. so I do appreciate the time. Thank All you very much. All the work's done. We've had a session this morning. Um, it's just me and my little boy. My uh, my wife's gone to pick up my daughter from Lee's Fest. She's had a first festival, so I've got a, I've got a bit of time this afternoon. So How is that? Uh, your daughter going to her first festival for dad? <laughs> I'm, I know when I I'm went rather, to my I'm first festival. On, on camera, no, it, you know what? It's uh, she's a sensible kid. Yeah. But then again, old dads think the sixteen-year-old daughter is sensible. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, she sounds like she's had a good time. Good, that's, good. That's the main thing. That's and all she's she's happy and safe, and yeah. everything's gone good. So yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit stressful because she's got all these festivals put, um, booked up. She's going to park life in a couple of weeks and things like that. I'm like, oh. yeah. But it's start. I can't stop it. So I've got to get on the train rather than trying to stop it yeah absolutely all part of dad life right (laughs) well thank you so much for being here obviously we said Hopi's uh, fight week we touched on outside where we were uh, just having a little chat Um, how fight week changes Mm. for you or does it change does it get easier does it the flow of things go a little bit better it's just to be honest it is just a flow Mm. Um, you know I've done that many as such um and then when you train other fighters as well, it's just kid up, he comes in, does his little shake out. All the hard work's done. His last dialed session was Thursday. Um, that was his last spar. And then he'd do a little bit of pads on Friday, weekend off, and then again today and tomorrow. And then mm-hmm. Tuesday is his last session. Wednesday, Thursday, rest. His weight will come down to, to, to the championship limit. And then um, he weighs in on the Friday, Friday evening, about 7 o'clock, we do a little shake out nothing much like literally 15 minutes 10 minutes and uh, and then that's it it's good to go so. good to go and it's just fight after fight it's the same sort of process it's exciting though isn't mm. it you know i think boxing fans when they look at you know fight week and they know the fighter has been in a camp for a couple of weeks and you know the process is the same we have the media day we have mm-hmm. the weigh-ins and we yeah. have everything but there's so much that goes on behind the scenes yeah. that people don't know about yeah. and the emotional process i suppose of fighters mentally preparing themselves to get to that point where they get yeah. to fight nice yeah and each fight is different mm. um some fighters are quite tense and intense you know on fight week and it's already the last bar uh, you know uh, previous week and then it comes to fight week and they're thinking about the fight straight away other fighters really really chilled hope he is literally the coolest kid that i've ever met when it comes to things like that nothing ruffles him you know nothing uh he doesn't stress about anything he's like it's what i do it's you know i I box every day of my life so Mm -hmm. it's just another day yeah and and so and and I think a lot of it's to do because he doesn't struggle with weight as well. So he hasn't got the weight making in his mm-hmm. mind. Because a lot of fighters where they're struggling with weight, that's a big thing. That's a lot that's a lot of the stress of fight week. Because yeah. they can't wait for that weighing because they've and they've got to make that weight and they've you know, if they struggle it's it's always, mm-hmm. you know, touch and go. Um but when you know, when they're comfortable with weight, I think that takes a lot of the uh, pressure away from them. Yeah. Um so they can kind of almost like enjoy fight week and generally some fighters do enjoy fight week. So the, f- the first thing that Hope he said when he walked into the gym, big smile on his face. I was just training Jordan and um he walked into the gym and beaming smile, I just looked at him and went, 
fight weeks I love fight week Dave. Mm -hmm. and that's that's what you want you know for you as a coach because obviously you've been there you know you've mm -hmm. talked to talk walk the walk yourself um is it about learning how to sort of adjust to different characters mm -hmm. and adjust to different personalities and cater to what each fighter needs yeah I mean like I said every, every individual is different mm -hmm. you know it's it's um there are a lot of similarities with a lot of fighters, even down to, so even down to, to twins, Gavin and mm. Jamie McDonald, the twins. Yeah. So you kind of think twins is both yeah. the same. No, mentalities are different, mm. you know, even down to the, the physicalities of, of how the how the mechanics are. You know, Jamie and Gavin are actually different, which mm. is why they box in a different manner. But the personalities are also different. So whereas you'll have Gavin that would think about all the time and he was proper every meticulous on everything jamie was like he didn't know anything about boxing he wasn't interested in boxing yeah so that worked for him because if he was in a big fight whereas somebody who is a student in a game knows exactly everything about this fighter knows his strengths knows how dangerous he is knows that jamie won't really care yeah and he that worked for him because he wouldn't he wouldn't be thinking and worrying about what they're going to do to him. Mm -hmm. He would just be focused on what he's going to do to them or what he's going to try to do to them. So, you know, different characters, you know, different approaches work for different people and there is no, like, one set rule. So as a coach, you have to, you have to know how each fighter works, mm. um, which is why in some cases, you know, when, when a fighter switches camps and they have, you know, that, that first fight sometimes and people say, oh, he's, 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 he's not changed or this or that. Yeah. You know, I might as well stayed where he was. Sometimes, well, it takes a little bit of that gelling yeah. and then understanding and, you know, new face in the corner and things like that. Mm -hmm. So things do do take a bit of time and then they hit, a, you know, then they hit the patch yeah. where they know each other really well. They, they almost know, you know, a relationship between a coach and, a, and his fighter a lot of times is you your fighter doesn't have to speak mm -hmm. he walks in through the in, through the gym doors and you know if there's something not mm -hmm. right you know if they're feeling a little bit tired you know they're a bit jaded you know if they've got a few stresses and strains in their mind and you kind of know what kind of session you're going to get yeah. sometimes um so that's the kind of relationship that it is it's 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 a it's a very um it's a very um it's a very psychological relationship yes and an emotional relationship mm -hmm. it's not just the physicalities of oh hitting some pads and you know go and do this circuit and do that yeah. bag session and things like that there's a lot more on the mental side of things absolutely and that's one of the i think for me working in media and getting to be around fighters to be around coaches and getting to see the the personalities but the relationships mm. between them it's so interesting mm. for me per people fascinate me you know and mm. how people operate in different yeah. things in the mind and you know mental strength and that whole world and it is that you know key element of do they gel you know do they understand each other is it that thing of they don't have to speak and they both understand each other yeah. When you, you touch on, you know, um, fighters changing camp yeah. and, and different things, it's such a big conversation in boxing mm -hmm. or in, in fight sports. Yeah. And it's that thing of like the pressure of when somebody does change camp and they have a first fight with yeah. a new coach or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. And everyone is so quick to jump on that. Oh, he hasn't done anything new or, you know, what's this new coach yeah. going to bring with them? And like you say, it's that having to gel, bond together. There's a lot of pressure on, on everybody involved, but the, ultimately the, the main pressure lies with the fighter. Yeah. Because he's got one career. 
And he's got one shot at this. You know, as a coach, you've got as many shots as you want. How many fighters do you want to train? How many yeah. years do you want to be as a coach? Mm-hmm. You can you can become a coach straight away as a, as a young man, carry it on until the day that you die. Please God, it's a long time. You're an yeah. old pensioner, but you're still involved, living in your 90s and still coaching fighters. If that's what you want to do, that's what you've got that option. Yeah. A fighter's got a short window. Mm. He hits 30 and then people start talking about his, oh, his, his best years are behind him, 32, and it's like, oh, he's coming towards the end. Mm. If you're 35 and you're still boxing, you're seen as an old man. Yeah. So the decisions that he makes ultimately that's his career the decisions decisions that he makes and who he has in his team mm. are very very important decisions yeah so this is why where so if a fighter doesn't feel as though it's working for him with a coach he has to change yes because he's not going to get the best out of himself mm-hmm. so case in point is me and fowler mm-hmm. me and fowler are cool we get on sound Right, as a as a kid, I know a lot of people don't like him. I like him. He's mm-hmm. a nice, his art's in the right place. As a fighter and a coach, we got on, but I couldn't get the best out of him. Yes. Right, and I I I, I don't don't get me wrong. As a as a kid, I like him, and and uh, you know you miss being around him on the day to day in them sort of terms, but as a fighter coach. I couldn't get the best out mm. of him. So it's better that he left and found a coach where he can gel and he can get get with and and what's in him mm-hmm. can come out rather than just being... There's, there's this thing, don't get me wrong, loyalty is a big thing. I was just about to say it. Loyalty yeah. is a big thing. Mm-hmm. But if it's not working, it's not working, yeah. you have got one career. Mm-hmm. So you have got to do what's best for you. Now, that doesn't mean that just because someone whispers in the ear and says, oh, why don't you do that? I'm not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about you yourself, you know, if you're not comfortable with what you're doing, if you just can't seem to be taking on board what the coaches want you to do. It's just not happening. Mm-hmm. It's not working. Yeah. That is, the that is you know, that's where... If, if, if there's no egos involved, that's where... The coach is then going to understand and say, listen, I get it. No problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. 100%. If you don't, I'm disappointed. I'm gutted. Good. It didn't work. Mm-hmm. But it's the best thing for you. There you go. That's it. And that's why it doesn't have to be a bad split. Yes. It doesn't have to be a bad split mm-hmm. because the coach has got to understand that, that, that the fighter's got one career. He can then just go and get another fighter if he wants to as a coach. And I think with the boxing fans, it's um, when the conversation comes up, it's sort of, you know, because the changes are made after a loss or they're maybe made after not mm-hmm. so much of a great, great uh, performance, mm-hmm. which would be natural because, yeah. you know, you're in that yeah. situation and then, you know, okay, I, I don't feel like that. The yeah. best of me was brought out. And so that conversation comes about of, oh, they're just jumping ship because they haven't yeah, got that's, the win. That's, that's different. So my question is, when you were in, when you were the fighter in that situation, how do you how, like? How do you navigate that? You know, for you as the coach, what is the best course of action? Because sometimes maybe you can make rash decisions in the heat of you know a yeah. loss or different things. Yeah. You know, for you as a coach, is it would it be something where you would say to them, "We've been working a long time together, and we we just don't seem to be getting the best out of one another." So. I don't agree with this as, you know, everything's great while you're winning. You get beat all of a sudden yeah. and then that's it. Change camp. I, yeah. don't, I don't believe in that because that is not addressing 
the real reason why you lost. The issue, you know? yeah. Because if it was working and everything was great before, then all of a sudden on one bad night, that's it. You, yeah. And then, then, then you're switching camps. That's different. Mm-hmm. That is different. I'm talking about where something's just just not, not working. Right. Just, just not working. Mm-hmm. You know, there were conversations between with me too and after fights where I said to him, listen, you're not listening. You're not doing what I want you to do. You're not doing what we do. And it just, it's not that he wasn't trying, it was, but it just, it just didn't work. It just didn't work out for us. So in the, that was a period. So when, when he, you know, he, he, he actually texts me and says, can I come in earlier before the, before the lads and need to have a chat? Bear in mind, we've just come, we're coming off of two wins. It's not straight after the Fitzgerald loss. I think we'd just beaten Brian Rose, maybe, I think, last fight. Um, I can't remember, two fights, two wins. Um, and then, uh, but I knew, I knew shit mm. like that. And I just texted him. I went, I went, so I rang him actually. I rang him and I said, "What's up?" But no, I said, "Right, I went, no, because I, I knew straight away. I was like, what's what's the matter?" I said, "You're right." And and he said, he said Look, "You just said I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel happy. I don't feel as though it's working. I'm stuck in Sheffield. This, 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 blah, blah." Said, and I'm like, "Mate, I get it. I get it 100%. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like a bolt out of blue. But I understood, I understood, and I said to him, that's what I said to him, I said, look, he said, you've got one career. Great, no Go problem. Do you have to separate Dave Caldwell, the coach, from Dave Caldwell, the person in these situations? You know, when you come home out of the boxing gym, you know, when you're with your wife or your family, do you kind of have to just put work? <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't, consuming. because your, phone, your phone's constantly going. Yeah, it's and, consuming and, you, yeah. And you, you are, con- so I'll be sat here talking to you, but I'm still thinking about certain things that yeah. are going off with, with the fighters and yeah. things. It doesn't leave you. Mm. You just have to kind of like, you know, like you've got a filing cabinet and you just store mm-hmm. stuff and then you go back to it and you pick them out. And it's kind of like that. And it's like the way that I I use my day is I see it as 24 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. The I don't need much sleep. Yeah. So I will fit in my job as a coach, mm-hmm. job as a manager, my being a dad yeah. and being an husband and then when everybody goes to bed then I'll sit and I'll study the fights and the boxing I like watching boxing like late until uh, 3 o'clock in the morning that's when I switch off usually mm. but I like to watch that so at that time so it's the last thing that goes into my mind mm-hmm. everything that I'm watching everything I'm studying everything I'm working on it's the last thing that goes into my mind and it stays in my mind that's how I find that it works best for me mm. and I've always done that and that's how I get to fit everything else around me but the other thing is is i make a choice of not to train too many fighters mm-hmm. so i can fit my day as a life i don't see myself as oh you're a you know oh, you're a professional boxing coach or you're this or i don't define myself through my job mm-hmm. i define myself through my life yeah and you know my the most important thing in my life is my family. Yeah. It just so happens that the fighters that I coach, I see as family as well. Mm-hmm. And that's why just because somebody's a good fighter or this and that, when I get asked to coach them, I tend to say no. Because mm-hmm. I have to, it's only when I meet them. Every single kid that's with me now, I only said yes because eventually I agreed to meet them. Mm-hmm. And then when I've met them, I like them get on with them, sound, and that's it. And they meet my kids and the sound, and they're like, okay, mm-hmm. sound, that's it. And I can't just coach somebody just 
because um, I spend that much time with them. My, mentally, I spend that much time with them, even when they're not there. You you can't do it as just a job. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So people like to put labels on what you do for a living, what he does. That's that's their job. That's their job. Boxing coach, whatever. So as a boxing coach, I'm supposed to stay in the gym until half past eight, nine mm-hmm. o'clock at night. No. I did that. I've done that. I've done that all my life. And then I got to a point where I weren't seeing... I, I never saw my son when he was a baby. And I was seeing my daughter to say goodnight to. Mm-hmm. Cause she's in bed. Go up, give her a kiss goodnight. See ya. That's it. That's not my life. That's mm-hmm. not a life that I want. So I chose then to walk away from coaching. And then Bellew came back and I came back, uh, you know, but then I was like, okay, that's it. And then somebody like that. But I've said, like, as long as I will train as many fighters as I want, as long as my gym work is able to finish for three o'clock. Right. If I can finish for three o'clock, then I'm at home with the kids, whether they want me around or not. Yeah. Then I'm, no, because I'm there if they need me. Yes, it's like he'll course, be in his yeah. games room, whatever, and then he'll yeah, come in, oh, yeah. do you fancy kick about, do you fancy game, do you whatever. Mm. But if they don't, then it doesn't matter, but, but I'm around. So mm. so whether people want to say oh, that, that I'm, I'm you know, not really a coach or what because I don't live that way, that's entirely up to them. Mm. I'm not bothered. It's, it's, it's my life. It's like when, when I say about uh, uh, a fighter has one, one career, Mm-hmm. Well, we all have one life. Yeah. So I will do what's what I feel is going to make me mentally happy, mm-hmm. make the people around me happy. And for the people that I work with, where I can get the best out of it for the people that I work with. The people mm-hmm. that I don't work with, it makes no difference. So it doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter what I do because it's not affecting you. Do you, mm-hmm. know, do you know what I mean? Yes. What mind do you think you need to have to be a professional boxing coach? Like what open. kind of open? Yeah. Why? Why open. do you say that? Because you're forever you're forever learning. Yes. Forever learning. You know, mm. it's it's, and you have to be open because you have to adapt, adapt mm. to different situations, adapt to, um. Yeah, and do you know what else as well? I'm not saying for everybody you you can't really have um don't get me wrong we've all got an ego mm. otherwise we won't be doing what we're doing in certain yeah. respects do you know what i mean but you can't have an ego where if you are trying something and it's not working you won't change it mm. or adapt it because different people are built different ways mm-hmm. and say for instance if you want to throw a, a left up a certain way. If you want, you think your fighter should throw a left up a certain way, but it's not quite working for them. But if you just change it a little bit, just a little bit, and it nails, that's you being open to adapting a little mm-hmm. bit. Okay, for him, he doesn't throw it the same way as that guy. He can throw it this way. Same with the jab, same whatever. Do you know what I mean? And so you have to be open in, in, in all sorts of aspects, all sorts of ways. Did it take you a long time to learn that? Um... Not so much because obviously with experience it comes, mm-hmm. more more comes. But yeah, I don't, it's a difficult question to answer because because you're living it, you can't, you can't really, unless something dramatic happens, you don't realise, mm-hmm. oh, that was when I, re- I realised this. Yeah. I think as I've got older, I've become more, um, perhaps, yeah, le- less ego. Mm-hmm involved i've never had a massive ego but you are when i'm when i'm talking about ego i'm, I'm talking about pride i'm talking about where 
you worry about what other people think. Mm-hmm. So um, you you worried that if if you get it wrong, oh, they're going to think this. Oh, they're not going to rape me. Yes. Oh, they're going to say. So you kind of like you stress about things that you don't need to stress about because mm-hmm. you can't control what they think anyway. Yes. So it's going to think whatever. So why are you worrying about what they're going to think? You can't mm-hmm. control it. So as, again, I can only say as I've got older, I've kind of got to a point where I really don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I, I, as, as, long as, as, as long as the people that walk through my doors feel that that i'm doing something for them i'm doing right for them they choose to come to me they choose to walk yeah. through that door every day they're free to decide any day to say dave it's not working see ya mm-hmm. everybody's free there's no you know there's, there's no handcuffs or anything like that yeah so as long as they're happy and we're all enjoying working together and i don't have an headache thinking oh i've got to train him to i don't i love yeah. my job I love my job. So it's kind of like, what does it matter what other people think? You know, everything, everyone's quick to write people off at the right at the beginning, even before people have started. Or oh, watch a kid make his debut. Oh, he's shit. He's never make anything. He's not ever going to do that. Mm-hmm. It's the start of a process. Yes. Anybody who's willing to work hard, anybody who's willing to learn and to develop and to put the work in, it's got potential to do mm-hmm. something. We've seen that so many, so many times. We see fighters that you look at them on TV, you think he don't look that good, but he's world champion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it must, yeah. It, it, it must be doing something right. Yeah. But also, if you don't look that good, and if you look through the careers in the early days, you think, I remember Carl Froch. Carl Froch boxed Charles Adamo. I watched that fight and I thought <laughs> he ain't being world champion. <laughs> But there's been so many fighters, yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah. and and it, and people like to say they're not going to do it, they're not going to do it, criticize them, this, 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 but they're doing it. Yeah, they're attempting to to mm-hmm. to to improve every day. So while ever they're going to do that, you don't know where people can end up until they decide to say, "I've retired." Mm-hmm. So you know that mindset of, you know, I don't care what people think, and you know, just I'm, you're doing it. You know, don't worry about what the the boxing fans, what the Twitter fans, whatever they're saying. It's not, I imagine it, it's hard, Dave, because this industry alone is brutal. Boxing is a brutal yeah. sport. It's an entertainment industry. And now with the inclusion of social media, everyone yeah. has an opinion. Yeah. And after every boxing fight, you know yourself, you go yeah. to Twitter and there's yeah. opinions. Yeah. Everyone's got an opinion. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes I sit back and I go, God, yeah. it's brutal. Yeah, it is. It's but brutal. It's, so, so it's not a case of, you can't, we're not robots, right? So it's yeah. like what I said to my fighters and I said, you know, even to my kids, you, you're not a robot. You can't just say, oh, I don't give a shit what you're saying, yeah. right? But don't give too much of a shit that it affects your own train of thought. Yes. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing, I think. I always think about, you know, a fighter has gotten a fight announced. They spent eight, 10, 12 weeks, whatever it is, getting to fight nice. They fight their heart out. And then Twitter goes alight. Yeah. They're shite. They can't yeah. fight. They can't do that. Yeah. And it's like, until you have gotten a window into a fight camp and yeah. the blood, sweat, tears yeah. and emotional drainage that happens with a fighter, yeah. don't have a
have an opinion. Yeah. But then this is this is the but, sports. You know what I mean? This is the this, way this it is. This is the thing. Is is everybody's entitled to an opinion? And yeah. We all, we're all we're all the same. Because yeah. We will watch and we will say the same thing. But yeah. there's a difference between giving an opinion. Mm. And being a twat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's complete... And Barry from wherever, who sat in his yeah. couch with six cans, you yeah, know, yeah, you don't, a, don't the, yeah, you just yeah, stop being a, a twat. There's a, yeah. there's a different... That's that's different. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You yeah. don't... You know, when people get on this about saying, oh, if you haven't done it, then you shouldn't give an opinion. No, that's bullshit. Because mm. we have opinions on football, we have opinions... Yes. Do you know what I mean? You have an opinion mm. on... on you walk into an house and you say, well, decorating is not being done right. Well, yeah. a professional decorator painted the house, but you think you can do a better job. Yeah. <laughs> everybody everybody does that. Everybody yeah. has an opinion. That's yeah, not yeah, a problem. Yeah. But what you don't do is if, if you know, you get going and see this painter's done skateboards and he's done it, you don't start saying, oh, he's an absolute wanker. <laughs> he's this, he's that. He just did a shit job or he yeah. didn't do a great job. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But with, with, <laughs> with Twitter and stuff like that, people get so violent personal mm. and it's like, you don't need to get violent personal. Yeah. Like, if you don't think they were, they were that good, then fair enough. Mm-hmm. But you don't need to like dig them out horribly and start being you know it's like when when they don't agree with your opinion what you're saying it's yeah. like it's, it's like vile you know mm. like, people fall out of people over opinions over people that they don't know yeah and it's like it's just chill mm. so you, you can't you can't like i'm not saying oh you can ignore it and you don't give a shit but what i'm saying is is people's opinions don't let it change your own opinion mm-hmm. your own mind of thought and it's like what i i say to my fight, I say it to my kids, is if you see something, you can't ignore it. Yeah. Every tweet you get, you can't ignore it. Mm. But you see it, you register it in your head, mm-hmm. and you let it go. Yeah. That's it. But that's whether it's good or bad, because all the good stuff, listen, it's 90, 98% good. Mm-hmm. All the good stuff, if you let that get to your head, you'd be walking around thinking that you're a superstar and nothing's going to go wrong and you're going to win every fight and everything's going to be great. Because there are that many people wishing you well and saying you're doing a great Mm -hmm. job and things like that. But we don't hold on to that. Yes. But we hold on to that 2%. Where somebody yeah. says that you're shit, mm-hmm. or where somebody says that you know you don't know what you're doing, this, 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 or you crap, blah, blah, and you hold on to that, mm-hmm. and that's what that's what we can't afford to do. Treat it the same way as that you hold on to the nice comments. Mm-hmm. You know, just register it. Okay, cool. Then there it's go because you can't block it because it, if, if it's personal or something like that, then you're not going to just just ignore it. It's going to register, it, but don't hold on to it because when you hold on to it, that's when it affects you. Yeah. Um, have you seen success change people? Oh yeah, mm. yeah. For the for the good or the bad? Oh both. Yeah, <laughs> both. I just think you know some people, as they get successful um, and you know more financially comfortable, mm. they should become happier. And yeah, the same people, but they're happier. Then you see some people where they just become twats yeah why is that um, what do you th- what do you think it is about probably, the, probably the because... human psyche that when people get power money success fame because mon- a lot of people see that money is power and success mm-hmm. but that doesn't equal happiness I think yeah. you should you, you should chase happiness not not money mm. I think and and I just think that um it's same as anything. It's same as everything. Every single thing. Every walk of life. Every, whatever it is, 
there there are people that are, you're always going to like mm-hmm. and there are people that you're not going to like and there are yeah. people that are, you're always going to agree with and there's people you're not going to agree with it's it's the same mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what sport it is it doesn't matter what it is it's just just how it's, it's human beings isn't it absolutely how important is the team that's around you to help you navigate success and very you know because especially in boxing there is a very fast trajectory for certain boxers and they go from yeah. A to Z very very yeah. quickly yeah. and you know you, you listen to the guys who've gone before yeah. you know the former world champions who now look back in their careers and they can pinpoint where they went wrong mm-hmm. they can pinpoint you know what they shouldn't have done they have regrets in yeah. some cases they you know are wiser and I always just sit back and think, God, it must be so difficult for new fighters to navigate if you don't have the right team around you, keeping you grounded, giving you good advice. Because I think everyone, everyone has an opinion. There's advice everywhere. Yeah. And who do you listen to? Yeah. You know, who do you trust? Yeah, I think I think a team is very important that you have around you. Mm. Um, but it's not just that, you know, families have an influence and you can have good and bad family influences yeah. friends same mm-hmm. good and bad there's there's good and bad in absolutely everything yeah. um uh, good and bad opinions advice um but you have to look at what's what's there in front of you you have look you have to also be realistic yeah so a lot of people they'll have three white collar fights yeah ring up and say oh what deal are you gonna give me <laughs> And see, and it's like, oh, right, okay. Mm. Without being rude, is this what we're doing here? Yeah, do you know what I mean, but the, and and yeah. when somebody has that kind of attitude, you think, oh, this game is really, really hard. Mm. If you win amateur titles and you turn pro, it's still really, really hard. You know, there's going to be ups and downs all the way through your career, even if you're a big prospect. Yeah, there's ups and downs, even if you've got big promotional banking backing. Ups and downs. There's going to be a bit in your career where something just doesn't seem to be working, and you seem to be stagnating. You're thinking, "What's going off here?" Mm-hmm. You have. That's why you have to have kind of like a level-headed mentality. Yeah. And so, if you're somebody that's not got that background, yeah, you have to be realistic when you turn pro. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be. And whereas um, for uh, non-TV promoters, it's such a tough job for them guys. Mm. I used to be one of them guys. It's such a tough job because you haven't got the big budgets. Yeah. But the fighters want paying the best that they can get paid because mm-hmm. they're fighting and, and, and I don't knock that. But you're trying to, you know, you, you see it with people like Steffi and, and uh, um, uh, Steve Wood, and especially people like Steffi and, and myself when I would do it, Carl Greaves. You're managing fighters. You're only really promoting to keep fighters busy. Yeah. Because they're not fighters that the big promoters would want. Mm-hmm. So you, you're having to put on shows to keep them work. Mm-hmm. But you can't afford to keep losing money. Yeah. But mm-hmm. the fighters, sometimes they won't see that and they'll think, well, I need to be working. But they have to kind of like balance that with, with where they are in the big mm-hmm. scheme of things. Because if they won't, won't have you, unless you're in against a, an opponent, um, you've got to kind of like help in terms of selling tickets and things like that. But then the fighters are like, well, not just fighters, but how, how it is. It, how it, in an ideal world, it should be, well, fighters should be able to concentrate on fighting. Yes. Not selling tickets. Yeah. But the problem is, in the real world, they have to sell tickets because otherwise the promoters can't 
afford to put the shows on. This and is then it. everything just grinds to a halt. It's so difficult. This it's is so this. difficult because it's either you're a big promoter and even big promoters now are turning around. Obviously, we've had pandemic because it's been completely different. But even big promoters will turn around and say, well, you know, what, 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 what sort of tickets are going to do? Yeah. So when a, a, a big show comes to your local area, then you can pick up phone and say, listen, I've got this kid that'll sell 200 tickets. Mm-hmm. Can I get a slot on it on your show? He might not be the best kid in your stable. Or yeah. the kid that you think, if you can get him back, it'll get... But when you give the other kid, well, how much, how much is he going to sell? Well, he, he can do a good good eight tickets. What? But this other kid can do 200. I just want this other. Because mm. he's not interested in him because he's never seen him box. Yeah. But he just wants the ticket sales. Yeah. So then that's how it works. When is that ideal, is that fair or is that just the business? No, but that's, that's just the business how yeah. it is. It's like you go into your, your co-op or whatever and something that a couple of years ago... A loaf of bread would cost you 50, 60p mm. is now costing you a quid. Is that fair? No. But yeah. what are you going to do? Not buy it. Yeah. Not eat it. Mm. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. You have to go. If you want it, you have to go along with it. Yeah. And it's just shit part of the business. Boxing is shit when it comes to a business. But it's kind of like, what do you do? Because mm-hmm. the promoter that's not got a TV backing, that's that's his his personal money that's the money you know what i mean mm-hmm. he'll be getting the money from his manager his management fees putting him back into the show that can keep that show going yeah and then it still might lose money and then he has to go home and explain to his wife yeah that they've lost, they've lost three, oh, eight I lost, grand I lost, I lost i lost i lost three grand tonight yeah oh, i lost eight grand tonight yeah, ten, yeah, yeah. we're not I, going I lost, on holidays this year grand. yeah and it's like oh hang on a minute mm. how many of them a year can you do before you have to stop is and, there a solution um Unfortunately, because, okay, the solution would be that, you know, when AJ boxes in front of 80,000, 90,000 fans, yeah. when Dylan White, Chisora sell out or two at 20,000, mm-hmm. right? If those people that, let's say the 80,000 that turn up at, at, at Wembley or whatever, if those people were actually, majority of them were actually fans of boxing, yeah, I think it'd be a lot easier. Because mm-hmm. then they'd look at the, or they'd see on the Twitter, oh, there's a show, a show around corner tonight with some good, good young prospects. Oh, we'll go along to that. Oh, it's only, it's only thirty quid a ticket. It's only forty quid a ticket. Mm-hmm. We'll pop along to that. Yeah. But no, <laughs> they don't do that because they're event, and I'm not knocking yeah, them. Yeah, but yeah. They're event fans. Yes. So, the events mm-hmm. get the ticket sales, and the kid that all of a sudden he can only sell. 50 tickets on on his home show mm-hmm. and so he's earning absolute peanuts buttons all of a sudden everybody's popping up and saying oh you're boxing on AJ Bill oh but all of a sudden they're selling like two, 300 tickets yeah so those big ticket sales that they sell for the big events mm-hmm. if they would come and watch them for yes. the small shows as well Mm-hmm. then the problem's kind of like going away. It starts yeah. helping itself, do you know what I mean? But it doesn't work like that. Because, it does Because boxing's not as big as... Yeah. It's not... When it comes down to gates and things like that, it's it's hard work because mm-hmm. it's got that much competition. People will, will gladly... Do you know how much it costs to go and watch a game of football? Oh, I, do you know what? I don't actually know. It's unbelievable. Mad money. It's, it's mad money. And so if if 
you're going with your kid, mm. it's costing you a fortune. And these people do this every week, yeah. right? And it's the cost of a boxing ticket is a fraction of, mm. of, of that. And it's once in a while to support your mate or whatever. Yeah. But you've got competition, you've got boxing, you've got people's bills, mm-hmm. you're coming out of COVID. You've got, it's, it's very, very, very difficult Mm-hmm. to convince somebody to to part with the money to come and watch you box mm-hmm. some foreign journeyman or something like that yeah. that they never heard of. So which is why a lot of times pro debut they sell loads of tickets. Yeah. Next fight might be a little bit of a dip or a long same. And then after two or three, if you're boxing guys that aren't trying to win, mm-hmm. then your mate will turn around and say, let's know when you're in a big fight. Yeah. I'll come watch when you box for a title. Mm-hmm. Because they know they're going to get a real fight but then does that make you have to rush your career because otherwise you're not selling tickets so yeah. you have to kind of like rush your career into tougher fights or real fights a little bit earlier so you can sell tickets so then you can attract the big promoters but then you ain't got the experience for those fights yeah. and you time it wrong and then you get beat and then yeah. when you get beat by the way your fight, your, 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 fight, your <laughs> fight where you sold 200 tickets, the next one yeah. you're selling about 50. Yes. But that's yeah. the harsh reality. Mm-hmm. So that's why as well, a lot of kids or a lot of managers, a lot of promoters don't want to risk the kid mm. that sells the big tickets yeah. because they know that his next fight is going to drop right down. Yeah. So it's kind of like, it, it is that thing. And, and then uh, Boxing Twitter, he's yeah. been found uh, out. That's it, he's, yeah. t- he's shot. He's this, yeah. he's that. And it's like, come yeah. give the kid a break. Yeah. Like it's yeah. the start of his career. Yeah. You know, we're all learning here. Yeah. Why do you think we love boxing? What is it about drama. us? Is it the drama? Everything. <laughs> well, it's just it's just that. It's, it's like the morning, the morning, the bitching. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. It's, it's the love, the passion, mm. the ups, the downs. You just blend it, chuck it all in a blender, press the button, and it's just, it's just unique. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And and it's um, got so many different characters, mm. you know. And and again, there are people that that people that people hate, people love. Yeah. It's very rare that that anybody that um, that watches an interview or. or Watch it. It's very rare that they just mm-hmm. pass it about and they don't. I don't have an opinion either way. Yeah. You know, if if somebody's if somebody's on TV, if somebody's speaking, then people have always got an opinion mm-hmm. on whether they agree with what they say or whether they don't agree yeah. with what they say. It is all right to disagree with people without hating them. Yes. Yes. It, it is all right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel that a lot of people don't quite grasp that. Mm-hmm. Um, but. If you have an opinion and if you're willing to share it, then you know you're going to get shit. Mm. But again, that's all part of the... Because end of the day, if you don't like it and and if you can't put up with it, if you can't handle it, then you have a choice to go and do another job. And mm-hmm. it, but it's the same as any job. I, I listen to people moaning about the jobs all the time. If you don't like it and if it makes you feel that shit, go and get another job. Yeah. And you can say, oh, well, there's not many jobs about this and that. But you, if you want a job, you will go and find another job, mm-hmm. you know. But it might not be the job that you, that, you know, it might not pay as well. But then you have to make that decision. Yeah. If, if it pays better, but it's making you feel like shit, if you value and if you need that money more, then you'll put up with that shit. But just try and not let the shit get to you. Yeah. But we all have a choice. And it's like if you, you know, if I don't like 
if I don't like what I do and I'm too concerned about what other people think about me, then I would get another job. But I've been in it, what, 31 years and I haven't thought about getting another job yet. So, Mm. you know, I must love it. You must do. Would you say that you're obsessed with it? Do you have an obsession with boxing? Yeah, because I can't switch off. Yeah. 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 Like you would have to be, to be, to give this much of yourself still after 30 years. There has to be yeah. something there that oh, yeah. sparks I, I, the flame. But I, that's what I mean is I, I love it. And mm. that's why, um, that, yeah, I, I love the sport. Do uh, you have goals? You know, is there, do you feel like you have anything to prove within the sports? Um, not, I, I don't, I don't care about proving anything to anyone mm. anymore. What, what I wanted to do when I became a, a coach, I wanted to win, um, British, European, Commonwealth and world title fights. Mm. I did that. Yeah. And once, once I've done that, then the pressure, I swear to God, the pressure kind of like just came off my shoulders. I thought, what, what is right, the feeling? What is the feeling? Because we, we, we see fighters, right, that say, yeah. start their career. What's, what's the goal? What's the dream? Two world title, two world titles, three, three weight world title. Yeah. When, you, when you get to the point where you achieve something you've yeah. set out to, is the feeling as you had thought it would be? Yeah, better. Is it? Oh, it was for me. Go on, tell it, us. It was for me. It was for me. I, I, yeah. Um, like at what moment does it hit you? I can't. Oh, straight away. Really? Okay. Yeah. I, I was, um, I used to be a real warrior. I, yeah. And I used to be a real stressed. And, um, and I think because I used to watch other coaches in, British title fights and what have you and I was like oh, I'd love that to me one day yeah. I'd love I'd love that to be me one day and I'm thinking oh, that'll never happen to me and I remember once uh, I was speaking to um, Spencer Fearham yeah. and I said to him because I was not earning any money you, you're training fighters and because and, not big names or anything not in mm. big fights back then you were getting 800 pounds for four rounders and stuff like that and so I'd be driving up to Scotland and getting back at five o'clock in the morning and I'd be getting 80 pound and and it'd just be like and I remember saying to Spencer Fearham once says listen I need to uh, I think I'm gonna I need a, to get a stable just get a stable journeyman and he was like no nah, man I said I, I do I said I need to start earning some money I said I've yeah. and then he he, he talked listen a lot he talks a lot of shit a lot of times and a lot of people like to dig him out yeah. but he's got an art of gold and he and when it comes down to your mindset and stuff he's switched on yeah and then he had a really good chat with me and he kept and and i kind of right okay I'll, all right i'll listen to you i'll start being more positive about myself yeah and i did and then it's the funny thing is when i stopped worrying about as soon as i stopped worrying about what could go wrong mm more things went right. Yeah. And it just snowballed. And then I remember, as you know, you, there was there was just a world title that, that obviously, Bellew fighting at Goodison Park. And um, I remember that night, I remember when he won. Oh, my God. Best feeling ever. Really? Oh, it was just... It was just nuts. I, I I genuinely lost my shit. Really? Just yeah, when when the split second that Macabre drops his head you start just not I've just gone nuts. Lost it all. And I remember um 
saying my wife was there and Goodison was empty then, would come out of the press conference and there's a photo that we took with just the ring as it's being tucked down in the background and just lights. And I remember just saying to her then, done, done everything I wanted to do. Yeah. Done it. Pressure's off now. Yeah. And that was it. The pressure was off. Mm. And then obviously the hair fighters were pressuring that terms. But, but if I didn't do anything again, mm. then as far as I'm concerned, I'm, I was comfortable in my own skin mm. to say I wanted to win title fights to yeah. everyone that I did. And I ticked the boxes. So mm. I'm quite happy with that. But then my personality itself, I have, now I have different goals. Yes. Yeah. And so again, whereas when I started off coaching fighters at the beginning, be oh, what are you going to win for? He's not going to do anything. He's shit. He does, you know, blah, blah. So always got people saying that it never happened. Well, it kind of did. Yeah. Um, the same thing that is that I've got in my head now. Mm. I'm 46 now. Um, I'm too old to worry about people thinking I'm shit mm-hmm. um, because I'm I'm in a like without being without being funny. Um, I'm kind of like once once you hit I think once you hit in your forties. I I remember my best mate died at forty forty one, and. Um, I always thought that, and I was young then. I was like probably about thirty, maybe maybe a bit younger. And I always, I've always had that in my head. Mm. Once you get into your forties, you start losing people. People start dying, things yeah. like that. So I'm now forty six. So I look at myself, and I think my main goal is to be around long enough for to to see my kids grow up. Yeah. Um. So I'm too old to give a shit whether mm-hmm. somebody thinks I can do something or not. Yeah. In a job, mm-hmm. in what I choose to do, to pay my bills, to support my family, mm-hmm. I will make choices for my family and for me. What are the best for them? Mm-hmm. Not what Bill from Southampton or <laughs> fucking whoever it is, <laughs> yeah. what, what thinks that I should be yeah. doing, or thinks that I shouldn't be in boxing because mm-hmm. I'm shit, or I don't really give a shit because once you get in your forties. Pop your clogs at any time. Yeah, God, don't say right? that. No, no, but, but, but that's what that's what. But that's, that's what's <laughs> always been in in my head. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. always think to myself, I uh, reason why I look after myself mm. is I, I I don't go out clubbing unless I'm with my missus. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. I'm not in it for vanity's sake anymore. Mm-hmm. I used to be when you were younger. Yeah. I'm Did you? It, uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you go on a bit of a mad one when you were younger? No, 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 no. That's but but you you train to look good and you you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. No, right, it's not. Right, it's not yeah. about training to look good. It's about training to to be able to to outrun my kid for as long as I can. Yeah. And to to train to be physically active to be yeah. around my kids for as long as I can. Mm-hmm. And so your perception changes. Mm. So it's like I will make decisions for everything that I do is f- and I won't apologize for it. Mm-hmm. It's f- for the best of mine and my family's yeah lives. Mm-hmm. So if that makes me selfish, a twat or whatever, I don't really don't give a shit because yeah. I'm in my 40s now. So I'm closer to 50 than I'm 40. Yeah. At 46. Yeah. You know, so. I'm quite comfortable in being able to say that. And, and I think 
I think that's what happens when you get when when you start um, when you get older. I just think I just think you become more conscious about what's what the true means are mm. and what you know what what you should be worried about. So with that, then do you look at the kind of the sport when people are you know new faces mm. and you see new faces mm. getting caught up in the rides and yeah. do you sit back and go? You idiot! You'll no, find no, out. Do, do, do you think? No, not even in your own time. No, I don't. I don't think that. <laughs> but I do have a little giggle, and I do think, yeah, I know. I know where the. Tra- I know what they're trying to do. They're trying yeah. to. They want to get the fast track. Yes. To, you know, pe- people think that I've just popped up with Bellew. No, mm. I didn't. Yeah. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I, st- I got my first gym in year two thousand. Yeah, I, I was training kids from nineteen ninety six. I've I've done the journeyman route. I've done this house second holding the spit bucket, fucking you know, praying that they don't splash into me, <laughs> yeah. right? And when they miss and they spit, and he's like, "What the fuck?" What am I doing? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've done all that lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I, it's not been a shortcut, mm-hmm. you know. But anyone that can get a shortcut, fair play to them. Yeah, fair. It doesn't affect my life. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't affect my life, then what, what do I care if, if somebody's popped yeah. up and, and they're, they're smashing it? Mm-hmm. Good on them. Good on them. Because it's like, so if you've got kids, yeah, would you want your kid to struggle until he's 40 mm. or her to struggle until she was 40 before she got a dream gig before mm-hmm. she cracked it and felt successful and felt comfortable in life and, and was smashing it and successful? Or would you hope that she nailed it earlier or mm. he nailed it earlier? Well, if, if it's my own child, you definitely want them to nail it but earlier. Then, but then yeah, because, that's, because that's what because that's what you would want them to do yeah. because, but would that... If you, well, I think so, for myself, I would want the hard roots. Yeah, that's only because that's only because then you would appreciate that's how, the what, thing. what goes through. Yeah, yeah. But but with each generation, if if the parents have done well for themselves, yeah, so automatically, really, they're not going to let the kids go through the same no. struggle. So so I grew up having absolutely nothing mm. and being tormented because I was a little scrubber. Yeah, and like looking at other kids oh I wish I had them tra- oh I wish I had that oh, oh. and mm. being the one that didn't that's fucking awful it's brutal yeah would so I don't spoil my kids yeah but would I just because I want to make sure that they don't they they, they understand the value of money and things mm-hmm. like that so make them go to school looking like shit yeah no of so course, yeah. the next generation is going to be better off than what you did because mm-hmm. you went through that hard shit yeah. so your kids don't have to and so, but you have to, then that's where it becomes more important because you have to talk to them more yeah. and educate them more so they don't become spoiled. Mm-hmm. And they understand that, that money doesn't mean that you're a, a yeah. better kid. pair of trainers that you've got don't mean that you're a better kid than that kid there that's got some cheap mm-hmm. trainers. Do you know what I mean? You've, you've got to educate them with yeah, that. Yeah, of course. But So when I look at other other coaches or other people that popped up and, and doing this and popped and I think, good on them. Because yeah. now they're learning on the job. That's just as hard. Yeah. That's just as hard. Because mm-hmm. you've not got no experience of, of of what, say, for instance, I did or other coaches yeah. did that came through, like, on the job sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, whoa, you're in that where that pressure's there. And they have to be able to cope with that pressure. So if mm-hmm. they can cope with that pressure, well done. I just think fucking 
crack on yeah. because I don't again I don't understand why people have to begrudge them mm-hmm. and think oh it should have come up the hard way or why does, what, what difference does it make to your life mm-hmm. if you're where you want to be now after coming up through the hard way then well done you've cracked it mm-hmm. you'd be happy with your life him who's had a shortcut and he's cracking it that doesn't affect your life. Mm-mm. Does that take money out of your bank account? Does that does that take food off your 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 kids' plate? No, not really. And they've like they've got to deal with their own sort of pressures and all mm-hmm. you know their own shit because they've kind of like come up the quicker route. Absolutely. So I, I I don't see that where where people have to give the shit. You know, hundred percent. When you look back on the achieving the goals, hmm. do you think it could have happened to anyone else other than Tony Bellew? No. Or was it meant to be? Do you, no, do you, like, I, 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 don't, I don't believe in luck. Okay. And I don't do you believe, believe we it. make our own luck? Yeah, I, I, I believe that everything that we do is, is all because of decisions that we made. Yes. Everything. Whether, it's, whether you made a good, a right or a wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Where you are right now, if you are in a good position, mm-hmm. that wrong decision was part of the process. Yes. Because you've, you've, you've got different paths that you'd be going mm-hmm. through choices that you made. So do you not believe in destiny or that you were, no. you were meant to do this? No. Not at all? No. I just think it's choices. I, I, you know, people can say, oh, well, it was destiny, the reason why you didn't, you didn't choose. No, but I chose, I chose not to. Yeah. I chose to. I chose not to follow my friends and just go to a pub and drink beers. Yeah. I chose that every time I went to, I went to a club, I drank water. I I made those choices. Mm-hmm. I also chose that when I was sat like this at my grand's house and I looked at a, a letter that I'd got that was saying that if I didn't pay this bill in seven days, then they were going to start issuing bankruptcy proceedings. I almost packed in boxing then because my grand looked at me and she said, David, she's, do you not think it's time? No, she said to me, she says, do you think you're ever going to make money out of this game? Mm. And I had a split second in my head. I thought, I need to go and get a job. And then as I went to answer, I just went, do you know what? No, I says, I don't mind being skinned while I ain't got kids. Yeah. But so by the time I've got kids, I'll have made money out of the game. Mm-hmm. And I stuck with it. I had a choice then to pack in then. That's the closest I've ever been to packing it. Yeah. That's the closest I've ever been to packing what it. What made you not pack it in? What was it? Because I'm all in. I'm, 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 I don't want a what if. Yeah. I hate the thought of what if. Mm. I hate it. Uh, my own boxing career, I always think to myself, because I never believe myself, I always think to myself, what if I believe myself? Mm-hmm. But I don't give a shit because what I'm doing now, I'm happy. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So I don't really actually care. So when people like pop up my record on, on Twitter and stuff and have banter about that. I don't care. Yeah. How, that was me as a 20... I packed up at 25, I think it was. That was me as in my, in my 20s. That mm-hmm. was me as a young kid. That was That's almost like a completely different person. Well, it is a completely different person. Mm-hmm. When I became a dad, I completely changed. Yeah. So I kind of like... I look at that. Yeah, I'm embarrassed by it. I don't... I, I don't rate what I did as a fighter at all. I rate what I did in the gym, I was mm. wicked at gym, and my work ethic is second to none, was second to none, still is. So I rate that, mm-hmm. but what I did, I don't. So if somebody wants to say I was shit, I'll go, yeah, I were. Yeah. And 
Does and it does it embarrass you? Yeah. Why is that? Not. Um, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Yeah. Myself. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm 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 disappointed that I didn't con. I didn't know how to then. I I didn't control my mind, mm. and I let. I let. So this is what I say about people speaking about you and saying yeah. around you. I let everybody else's opinions affect me. Mm. So I let my mother telling me that I'll never achieve anything mm-hmm. affect me. I let the fact that I had I got bullied at school affect me. Mm. You know, people can do shit to you, but you choose whether it affects you or not. Mm-hmm. You choose how you deal with it. And people can say, I turn out and say, oh no, you're done. That affects you. I went through it, so I can speak for me. I'm not saying I'm speaking for you. Yeah. I'm saying I'm speaking for me. For me, I chose, I know I chose other people's opinions and other mm-hmm. people what they be to condition my mind to make me walk to the ring thinking, Dave, what the fuck are you doing? You're going to get battered. That's how I'd walk to the ring. That's how, but then I flip it and I think to myself, actually, I'm quite proud of myself because I used to be terrified walking to that ring. Mm. Not of the person in front of me. I'd be terrified of looking bad. I'd be terrified of looking an idiot in front of everybody. But even though I had that fear, I still went through with it. Mm. So I I went through my fears. I went through it. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. That testament to your character. So so in that respect, that little bit, then I think, yeah, well, all right, I can Mm. give myself credit for that. But everything else, I look at it, I think, fucking hell. I I fucked that up. Nobody else. Mm. But again, you only start understanding things like that when you go so experience you can't borrow it you can't nick it you can't buy it you have to go through it Mm -hmm. you can't pretend you've got it you have to go through it whatever it is to get experience you have to go through shit whether it's good or bad experiences you have to go through so then you can look back on anything ah this 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 should have done that should have done this didn't do that then you then you know if Mm -hmm. you haven't gone through it you don't know. You don't know how you're going to react. People turn around and say, oh, this guy, this guy here, he just let that other guy slap him about. This is, he should have stepped in. He should have, I'd have stepped in. I'd have done this. I'd have done that. Well, would you? You don't know until you're that position. Yeah. No, every, again, everybody has an opinion of what they would do in that situation. Oh, if I were fighting him, I'd have stuck a jab on him. I'd have done this. I'd have, I'd have jumped mm-hmm. all over him. Just jumped. Would you? Or would the same thing have happened? Yeah. It's easy. It's easy judging on outside. Mm-hmm. All you can speak about is what what you know you've been through. Mm-hmm. Their facts. Yeah. What you know, how you reacted to things. Their facts. Mm-hmm. And as you get older, you get through a lot more different shit. And you start learning about yourself. And you know where you're fucked up. Yeah. And and you know how to, to switch your train of thought. And then the best thing is... This is why you don't have to be a shit-up world champion, unbelievable fighter in order to get a couple of champions. Yeah. Because you know what not to do. Yeah. And that's sometimes just as important as knowing what to do. Yeah. And having gone through what to do. Oh, how can, how can you turn out a world champion because you were never a world champion? How many, how many boxing coaches out there have had world title wins that, that weren't world champions? Yeah. There's a lot more than what were world champions, mm-hmm. you know. But 
there's all different processes to it. With that then, do you think it's important whether or not the coach has been a fighter and has, you know, achieved title status, but mm. do you think it's important for coaches in boxing to have had that experience of being in the ring at least once or twice? <sighs> Can you understand your fighter having not ever fought? Right. So this is a difficult one, this. Mm. Because there are boxing coaches out there that have not had a fight that have turned out champions. Yeah. I mean, great trainers. So that answers a question. Mm. But there is another dimension which they will never understand, which is how it actually feels yeah. when you're in there. How does it actually feel when you're wanting to do something, you're really trying to do something, but it's just not coming off. Mm -hmm. You're going back to corner and some geezer's telling you, you should be doing this, should be doing that, like, but it's just not coming off. Mm -hmm. They'll never understand that. They'll never understand that where in front of people, the pressure that's on that fighter that's in the ring, they'll never understand that unless they've done it. Yeah. So there's an understanding that they'll miss out on. But there's enough coaches, like I said, that are doing a great job, that are turning out, great fighters mm -hmm. that haven't got that experience haven't you know haven't done it themselves so you can't turn around and say oh well you need to have boxed yeah you can't turn around and say that because no, yeah. there's a fax there in front of you of of coaches that that haven't boxed mm -hmm. and then you know people turn around and say oh is this is that or is a pt instructor or, or whatever you know it, it's easy just to throw quick yeah. insults at people to try and tarnish what they've achieved mm -hmm. but if they've achieved shit yeah. they've got to be doing something right yeah <laughs> they're be. on your TV they're, screens they're, yeah they've, you they've know got to there's be doing something, something right. there and, yeah. and the thing is going back to like people that have done shortcuts you or if you think they've had a shortcut if they've cracked it in half the time of what you've done It is what it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. Sometimes it's about being in the right time and the right place. Mm. But there were decisions that were made that ended up being in that spot. Yeah. You know, sometimes it, it's funny how it works. It, it really is. It's like, you know, even, even daft things like you said to a fighter, oh, I think you should go to that show. Just, just go. Just you never know who's there, and just, just yeah. get in an environment. Oh yeah, I can't bother. I'm tired. I'm this. Oh yeah, no, just, just go. You'll be all right. I'll be, I'll be, switch off that. They go to the show. They end up chatting somebody, and it's somebody that's got his own business. And he's a fucking sponsor now. Yeah. If you haven't made that decision to go because you can't be bothered to go, yeah. oh, no, what do I want to go for? Oh, I don't need to do that for. Just take yourself yeah. out. You, you wear, and they've gone. They've ended up got a sponsor. Mm -hmm. And that little thing there might make a big difference pressure-wise and all of a sudden they can train with a bit more freedom. Yeah. But it all came from the decision. So many different things in boxing where your decisions will lead to great things yeah. or your decisions will lead to shit things. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm saying I don't believe in luck. Mm. Oh, oh well, lucky that I were at that show tonight because I met him. No, you chose to go there. Yeah. It's a... It's... I mean, you could talk about it for forever couldn't you you know the different and i think what you touched on earlier on as well about you know there's so many different personalities so mm. many different characters so many people all trying to come together to achieve ultimately the same yeah. thing yeah 
but all taking different courses, making yeah. different choices, yeah. you know, and that is the beauty of it. Yeah. The drama of it. Yeah, it's dra- <laughs> it is. It's, it's, what, what is it? Triple G, big drama show. That's what it is, isn't it? Um, we're coming to the end of, the, of our podcast, um, but I always ask this question um, and it's, how would you like to be remembered? Oh, um, just try my best. Yeah. Just try my best in, in boxing terms. Yeah. Just, just try my best. Not particularly very good. Yeah. But I try my best. That was it. Mm. Would you instill that same or that that thought process into your own kids? You know, just I do. do your best. No, I, I do my kids. I. I, I because I just met your son Theo, I and mean, he's yeah. for, he's even just meeting him for that couple of minutes. He's special. Yeah, he's, you know he's a good his kid. confidence, how he speaks. Yeah, you know, and he, you can just—he's just a lovely, humble kid. He's that a very good kid. I love. Just kid. wants yeah. to do well, and has all you can see in his yeah. eyes. He's all these goals and dreams that he but just he's got, wants he's, to. He's got so he's got great influences around him. Yeah, right? I'm not talking about me. Mm. Obviously, I'm always talking to him, but but he comes to the gym. He's close with Jordan, he's close with Hope, mm. and now Lerone as well. Yeah. Loves Derek to bits. Mm. Bellew, when when he was there, you know, but Jordan and Hope are young kids, yeah. especially Hope. When we took, when I take him on training camps, and he's been to Dubai with him, he's been to LA with him on training camps, been in wildcard and things like that. He doesn't yeah. box, but he comes and he'll just get on with it, he'll box, he'll train while I'm training fighters, and then I'll take him on pads after. But he just spends time around him. They're young kids that didn't just follow the pack. Yeah. When it's easy to do what your friends are doing, mm-hmm. they took themselves away and look at where they are now. He sees that. Yeah. So he isn't swayed by what his friends are doing or should, should he be doing this, should he be He'll, you know, his friends, are, whether they want, want to eat McDonald's and stuff like that, mm-hmm. he won't. Yeah, he, does, he treats it, you know, after he's, after he's played yeah. matches and stuff like that. He makes those decisions about his food and things like that already. You know, he, I was saying to you, he listens to podcasts on successful yeah. people and things, but then he still watches his cartoons. He has his yeah. cuddly toy, toys. He's still, a, he's still a 10-year-old boy, do you know what yeah. I mean? But he has this flip side to him where he's very, very competitive and where he wants to be at best, whether it's maths, English, football. Yeah. He wants to be the best. And so I said to him, I said to my daughter, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't. Mm. You know, if you want to be the best, why can't you be if you're willing to work hard? Mm-hmm. As long as as long as you're willing to work harder than anybody else, and as long as you're a nice person, I'll be happy. That's what that's yeah. that that's all I want them to do. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is if you're willing to work harder than anybody else, why can't you be the best? Yeah. Who? I, I love it when when people say to a kid, whether it's boxing, whether it's football. I say those two because I've seen kids in both sports where, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh, teacher. Teacher turns around and says, you know, oh, I want to be a football man. Or I want to be a boxer. I want to be a world champion. And they turn around, oh, make sure you focus on your schoolwork because that's, no, you're yeah. not really going to do that. That's not much. Why? Because somebody's got to be the best. Mm-hmm. We all look at it and we say, oh, he's, 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 he's somebody's got to be the best. Yeah. You know? So why can't, your kid beat best if he's willing to put it yeah. in. You know, there's, the, the people like to, to from a young age, tell people that they yeah. can't do something. Mm-hmm. Fall back on your schoolwork. Make sure you do your schoolwork because, you, you know, you need something mm-hmm. to fall back on. Why? 
why because when how many kids passing the exams and got all these degrees and shit and they can't get a job yeah do you know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's just, you can you, you are allowed to yeah. do both. You are allowed to be great at sports and do your, do your GCSEs Absolutely. and things like that. And why is it that as adults, we can always remember somebody tell us that's what it or is. comment yeah. in some way, you know, whether it's yeah. a teacher, whether it's a parent yeah. or somebody like a, a family member that yeah. says, okay, you know, yeah. I know it was with me because I done music before I done this. Right. And I remember always telling people, you know, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to be a famous singer right. and have people say, oh, well, you can't be, but you'll have to get a real yeah. job, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I remember at a young age being like, but that will be yeah. my job, you know? But what happens and is, it was, is that, what you know? happens is, is, is that puts the doubt mm. into a young mind yeah. where they're a bit hesitant into a full throttle. Yes. So yeah. all, everybody that's successful, mm. whatever it is they do, mm. have gone full throttle. Yeah. Not so do you not believe in plan B? Give, no plan give, B. Give plan A everything yeah. you've got. Yeah, yes. You can, but what's what I'm saying to you is there are 24 hours in a day, mm. right? If you're at school, you're at school. You can't, you're, not, you're not at school playing football. You're not at school boxing. You're at school. So for those six hours a day or whatever, give it everything you've got. Mm-hmm. Then if you're at the gym for a couple of hours, whether you're a an adult or a kid mm. if you're going to spend if you're going to walk through the door at the gym for a couple of hours give it everything you've got why can't you give everything you've got in both things yeah. but, but people when they're talking to kids it seems as though they like to put doubts into the kid's mind mm. don't go full throttle like that because you're not really going to do it it's cute that you want to do that but you're yeah. not really going to do it but somebody else's kid did because they went yeah. full throttle at it mm-hmm. so why can't your kid but it's because of insecurities, because maybe they didn't chase the dreams. Yes, that is it. That is it. That they didn't. That, that they, that 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 they did not chase their dreams. Yeah. But they don't you, have the vision, right? If you speak to majority of people that are successful or happy, mm. they they went full throttle. Yeah. At whatever it is that they did, that made them happy. Mm-hmm. So why not go full throttle? Because you don't know where you're gonna end up. Absolutely. What a perfect note to leave our podcast on, Dave Coldwell. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Cheers, I've enjoyed it. I was going to ask, yeah, did you have a good, good time? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good when you're in here. It's like yeah, a little it's vibe, different. right? Yeah. Different. It's different yeah. to doing it, doing it on a Zoom or something like that. Do yeah, you know what I mean? God. I want Zooms to yeah. go. <laughs> Yeah, it's good. Death to all Zoom Zoom interviews. Um, but thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate Cheers. it. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. That is David Colwell for the First Exchange Podcast. <laughs>